Warning. What follows is a story of monsters, madness, and mayhem. I'm Nick. And I'm Zach. Welcome to We're in Feared, a barely educational podcast about global folklore that aims to enlighten, entertain, and expand your world. Alright, well, tonight, as we do, I'm going to tell you a story. You are. Yes. And this is one I've wanted to get into since we decided we wanted to do a show on things that are weird and feared. Um, Oh my god, I am excited. It was one I kind of always was curious about, just hadn't really gotten into it. So, let's see where this goes. Okay, perfect. So this has been this has been a few years in the making at this point. Oh my oh, god. Oh yeah, but I really dove into All it. Right. All Good. right. Bavaria, I won't. Germany, has it had a magical history of sorts. You know, witches have been known to prowl the land for centuries. Soothsayers, necromancers, white witches, practitioners of the dark arts, sorcerers with the abilities to heal or curse there's tales from both sides really if you recall back to our yes. pa- past episode about the damnable peter stube it was a dangerous time to be a practitioner of evil things didn't end yeah, too well great. for uh old peter there no not great uh in Würzburg, germany from 1626 to 1631 it is believed that 219 men women and children were burned at the stake some of which had been beheaded first a massive witch hunt was afoot throughout Europe and a lot of it was focused in Germany some of of that may have been due to the Protestant movement some of it perhaps about witches and them being evil I covered more of that in the episode I mentioned before uh, about the damnable life of Peter Stube. So, you know, if you're listening now, maybe go back and check that one out if you don't know that one. Good call. Um, a man named Adolf Hitler called Bavaria home. Have you heard of him? What? <laughs> Who's that? Yeah. Who's nah, that guy? Well, we know what happened with him. Nothing good, really. Downright evil, I guess. <laughs> Rumor has it he might have been an asshole. Is that... Safe. I mean, that maybe that's safe to Might say. Might have heard one or two things about that guy. Yeah, yeah one or two things. All right. Adolf Hitler and witch hunts. Anyways. Anyway, yeah, where are we right, going? Go on. Yeah. yeah. I don't. This is a, my brain's starting to do things that I should let you. I don't know what we're doing here. Let's. Go Evil. Ahead. Yep. Bavaria yeah. has a dark past. Most places do, and this is what I'm using as a segue. So, well, let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Fair. Okay. Anna Elizabeth Mikkel, affectionately, affectionately known as Annalisa Mikkel, was born in post-World War II Germany, West Germany, Bavaria. 
Her parents were both descendants of tradesmen, and they owned and managed a sawmill. The Mikels were devoutly Catholic, as was most of the region they lived in. You know, kind of how I just mentioned the Protestant stuff. Not so hot in this area. Um, But yeah, um, the McKells were devoutly Catholic. Uh, Annalisa was the eldest child of the McKells after their first daughter had passed away at a very young age. When she was young, Annalisa was a frail child prone to illness. This led her parents to be slightly overprotective of her. She had come down with measles, mumps, scarlet fever, all before she was five years old. Jeez. Worried for her health after the loss of a child already. Uh, You can't really blame them for that. Uh, worried, Worried for her health, they decided to keep the young girl out of school a year longer than the norm. Annalisa had three younger sisters, though. They were all healthy and robust by all accounts. Annalisa, like I said, though, she wasn't exactly uh, healthy as a child. And it was a cause for a lot of worry for her parents. But they got through with some resolve and some help from their faith. They attended the Catholic Mass twice weekly and were a very devout family. So eventually, Annalisa seemed to be outgrowing be outgrowing her health concerns and finally got to school, and she loved it. She was smart and enjoyed learning. She learned to play the accordion and the piano. Uh, as they got older, her sisters and her would often break out in song on car rides, just enjoying the company of one another and their parents. So her grades excelled, and she spent a lot of time reading and studying. It became her life goal to become a teacher. So sounds pretty wholesome, right? Right. Yeah, it's just, just family singing doing in the stuff car. Right. Yeah. Right. They're a little concerned, but she's doing all right now. She's moving on with her life, doing stuff that any normal child you would assume would want to do and grow up doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one day after a fun summer break. A 16-year-old Annalisa returned to school. When in the middle of a lesson, she blacked out and came to with a concerned friend checking on her. She had she figured she had just spent too much time studying and had fallen asleep. They laughed it off and went back to the lecture. Later that night, shortly after midnight, Annalisa woke up and could not move. A giant force was pinning her down. It pressed on her abdomen, and she could feel her warm urine spilling out. Her breathing became labored. Utter panic. In utter panic, she went to call for her sisters, but no sound came out. Her tongue was as if it were paralyzed. Convinced she was dying, her thoughts screamed out for the Holy Mother. As the church bells rang out quarter past the hour, she inhaled sharply, and the panic passed. Exhausted from her late night and lack of sleep, she stayed home from school the following day. Her mother's thoughts may have recalled back on the uh, small, frail child that Annalisa had been in those years, and she began to worry about her daughter's health. But that was fleeting. Life quickly returned to normal. 
Everything good. seemed everything seemed all right. Great. Good for Annalise. Good. Until a year later, almost exactly a year later, it happened again. A daytime blackout, and then the crushing paralysis in the night, leaving a family, fam, a family, a family <laughs> in terror of her health. So, fearful for their child's life, the caring parents, the McKells, decided it was time to see a doctor. Uh, after seeing some doctors, they were eventually led to a neurologist. The neurologist asked all sorts of questions, ran tests, and even ran an EEG. Everything showed that Annalisa uh, was a perfectly healthy young girl. But erring on the side of caution, uh, she was prescribed some anti-seizure medication. Her health problems didn't really stop there, though. She complained of sore throat almost constantly, eventually leading to her tonsils being removed. And then she got pneumonia and tuberculosis. Uh, And the resulting in her family being so worried about their sickly child that they pulled her out of school and moved her to a sanatorium where they were hoping she would recover in a safe environment, you know, with doctors and nurses around. Right. Mm-hmm. However, like I said earlier, Annalisa really liked being around her family, you know, singing in car rides, so this became a really rough time for Annalisa. She missed the companionship of her sisters and parents. She missed school and learning. She began keeping to herself more and more, and a depression began to overcome her. It was in the midst of this depression that another seizure gripped her, just as they had before. She couldn't breathe, frozen in fear. The panic took hold. She wet the bed in terror, and try as she might, she couldn't scream out for help. Until after what seemed like an eternity, the scream tore free, and all the doctors and nurses and even other patients came running to see what could have caused such absolute horror in the girl. Annalisa, exhausted after that ordeal, uh, she fell deeper into her depression. After realizing she wasn't getting any better, her thoughts returned to home, and she tried her best to imagine what it would be like to be there. So, around dusk one evening, she took out her rosary to pray. Her family at home was probably gathered together doing the same thing. It was something they did around this time most nights. Uh, When she prayed on her rosary this time, she felt a sense of elation, warmth. It was sweet, like a breath of fresh air. It was incredible how long it lasted, she was unsure. But nervous voices brought her back to reality. Other patients were gathered around her with concerned looks. You know, one of them said something like, what, what were you doing with your hands? And she responded, praying. And she, they're like, well, obviously, but no, your hands were bent all screwy, like you were reaching out with claws, and your eyes went dark. Annalisa laughed it off. The girls in the sanatorium were prone to silly little pranks to keep themselves entertained. <laughs> Oh, you guys, you're being silly. (laughs) Yeah, right? 
No, Annalisa, you you had claws. You you know you didn't look very normal. Why did that? Why? What was going on there? Oh, you guys are so goofy. <laughs> uh huh. Like, get out of here! I'm just praying to my God. Quit just fucking around, you guys. Praying to my rosary. Are you sure? Are you sure that's who you're praying to? What are you doing? She did uh, look at herself and thought maybe her eyes were possibly darker, but nah, it's probably just the light or something. Sure, gotta be. Hmm. After more tests and no irregularities being found, though, Annalisa returned home. Her sisters, aware of the change in their oldest sibling, uh, became concerned about the funk that she had seemed to fall into. She had grown irritable and was prone to mood swings. When she returned back to school, her friends also noticed the change in her, and they withdraw from her as she did from them. Her passion for school had turned to just mediocre grades when she used to be a very ex- excellent student. Concerns about her health still worried her parents. They took her from doctor to doctor trying to figure out what had caused the seizures and no one could say anything definitively. The stress of seeing all these doctors and depression from nothing improving her health, Annalisa became full of apathy. And she she said, I was able to perceive but not to experience. The seizures continued and worried her parents more and more. Each seizure seemed to have her more and more exhausted. Sometimes she would be spent for days. Sometimes she would go rigid and stiff and then not know where she was. Then the horrid stench started to accost her. Occasionally she would catch glimpses of hellish faces staring at her. No. In the spring of 1973, lying in bed, she would hear noises in her bedroom. Knocking Why? sounds. No. No. <laughs> no. Still worried about her health, she was taken to an ear doctor. You know, they thought maybe she was hearing things. Sure, that'd be benign, wouldn't it? That'd be nice. That would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it'd be real nice. Real oh. normal. Well, her ears checked out. Of course. Seemed all good. Another trip to the neurologist, and it's epilepsy. I think they were kind of leaning towards that already, but epilepsy. The sounds didn't stop, though. A rapping at the window, window, something moving in the wardrobe, moving across the floor, and that horrible stench. But it wasn't just Annalisa experiencing these things now. Anna, Annalise's mother, went down to the living room one day when she had to stop. Annalisa was there staring at the statue on the mantel, the statue of the Virgin Mary. Annalise's face was a mask of hatred, and her eyes were jet black. Her hands twitched and reached out more like claws of some beast. Her mother ran away in terror. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Gotta think about this. I'll be. Yeah, I gotta think about this over here. Yeah, you stay here. I'm gonna think about this <laughs> in this other room. It's fine. 
Um, her father, Joseph, uh, concerned for his daughter, you know, as his wife was telling him of what she had witnessed. Uh, yeah, he's like, what? He, you know, was like, eh, it's maybe something to do with her affliction. I don't know, but he said he would pray on it and look for guidance. He also kind of brushed off like all the women in the house hearing these things as kind of hysterics hysterical like he's trying to of course you know rationalize things yeah they they're just you know yep that's just the thing women women pretend that or envision people becoming demons or things and i don't know yeah i guess right just a thing <laughs> i get <laughs> like i guess he's like well this is normal. Like it's, they're overreacting. Typical overreacting. She has claws. Get over it. <laughs> yeah. It can't actually be happening. You're not being literal, are you? Not actual like claws, right? Get yeah. out of town. No. But um. So yeah. So he 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 decides he's gonna prey on it. You know. They're trying all the medical stuff. Um. You know. So maybe. Consult their faith. But meanwhile. Depression and thoughts of suicide are plaguing Annalisa. Not good. The medication's not helping, but she continued to take it, believing in the medical professionals. Her father decided that he he would help her by taking her to a shrine that Annalisa had been intrigued by, and she had wanted to pray on her rosary at this shrine. So her father arranged the trip, hoping it would make her feel better. Upon reaching the holy site, Annalisa approached it with the greatest hesitation. She said that the soil burned like fire, and she simply could not stand it. Oh, no. She then walked around the shrine in a wide arc and tried to approach it from the back. She looked at the people who were kneeling in the area surrounding the little garden, and it seemed to her that while praying there, they were gnashing their teeth. She got as far as the edge of the tiny little garden when she had to turn back. Coming from the front again, she had to avert her glance from the picture of Christ that was in the chapel house. She made several attempts to no avail. The pictures of saints and crosses burned so intensely in her vision that she couldn't handle it. Her father got her a token from the shrine and tried to and tried to get her to wear it. See, this lost me a little bit, because it's, I think it's a poor translation from German. I'm not exactly sure what the token is. It sounded like something sure. that you would like pin to your blouse or something like that. Okay. Um, but he got her one, and he was trying to get her to wear it, and she lashed out, saying it, it pressed upon her chest so painfully that she couldn't breathe. Oh, no. On the bus ride home, Annalisa terrorized the fellow passengers. She ripped a holy symbol from a family friend that had accompanied them, and the stench of fecal matter filled the bus to the horror of everyone on board. I bet. Uh, So Joseph went to try and calm his daughter, unsure of what was happening, and most of the people on the bus kind of realized that this wasn't a normal thing they were witnessing here. Yeah, because they're like, did like, did she just shit herself? No, it's worse than that, man. What else is going on here? Yeah. Why is this? So she's, she's acting all 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, she's mm-hmm. acting all bizarre. She smells like shit. Why is this happening to us? We're stuck we're, in this bus. For Why? how many hours? I think yeah, I think they were going from like Italy to Germany, so Oh my god. I can't be in a shit bus for like eight hours or however long it takes. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but it was, you know, not a short trip. It was like a, a trip. Yeah. So eventually they get home. More trips to the doctor. No one is finding yeah. anything medically wrong though. Finally, kind of overwhelmed by all these things that are happening, Annalisa confesses the weird things to her neurologist. She knew how crazy it sounded, but something was wrong and not getting better. She mentioned the horrifying faces that appear to her and she and the smells and the noises. The neurologist must have had must have said something along the lines of, "Well, I'm a neurologist. You need a priest." because her mother said that um, he had said that you need a Jesuit. Um, He may have been joking. He may have been serious. But the McKells, finding no help for their daughter in medicine, they did just that. The first meeting with a priest wasn't much help, really. They prayed a rosary together and spoke in a friendly manner. But her disrespect for sacred items and some of the things the parents had witnessed were some cause for alarm. Uh, kind of started drawing other priests in into the tort into her story. One such priest that added a silent prayer for the girl while pre- preparing the Eucharist at a mass uh, said, "When something something hit me in the back, the air turned cold." At the same time, there was an intense stench as though something were burning. He then went on to speak of this to his fellow priests, the entire parish. And while doing so, the entire parish began to stink of burning, and they could all smell it, even though the windows were open. It's not good. Well, it's fine. It's fine. It's, less, it's just less than great. I mean, it's not, <laughs> it's not the best thing in the world. Yeah. So maybe, maybe Father Alt, uh, he met with Annalisa and he sensed a shadow about her and her eyes went dark. He gave her a blessing and she returned to her normal self and left for university to continue her dream of becoming a teacher. Okay. So they'd spent this in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Life goes on. It does. It can. Yeah. Despite being withdrawn from most and the depression and epilepsy, Annalisa finds a boyfriend, Peter. Oh, Peter. <laughs> oh, Peter, man. Are you ready for this? <laughs> well, it's fine. I know I know you dig her, man, but do you know what's going on here? It's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. She tried to pull away from him. And is often cold to him, but he believes this is part of her medical problems, and he looks past it. Like she was like basically straight up like, "You don't want this," and he was like, "Nah." He's like, <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> He's like, "Ah, just that's cute. It's okay. No, it's fine. We're, we'll be. It's all. It's fine." She's like, "You don't understand. 
Yeah, it's yeah. all right. He's like, I'm, I'm very understanding. She's like, that's fine. I'm glad you are. But come on, man. Come on, Pete. Come on, Peter. What are we doing here? Yeah, she like shows him like almost zero affection. Um, very oh, cold, standoffish. Yeah, she tells him that she's incapable of like feeling emotions and stuff like that. And he's like, nice. This is what <laughs> I like, want. Hell yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, hell yeah. You too. Hell yeah. No, I don't No, Not like that. No, Pete. This, I literally, I'm a black hole. My soul is an abyss. I don't even know if I have a soul right now. Please, mm-hmm. Pete, just leave. It's like, ah, it's okay. We'll make it work. Yeah. What? Mm. To each their own, I guess, right? Yeah, to each their own. All right, so life was getting back to normal. Praying with her, praying with her priest pals. Wow, that's tough to say. Yes, praying with her <laughs> priest pals. Yeah, uh, <laughs> s- seemed to ease her troubles. She had a boyfriend to talk to, even though I don't think she, he was really grasping everything she said. At one point, she says no. that she exists on a different plane. But she feels better. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, yeah, you too, right? Yeah, we're on a different level. It's not what I mean, Peter. Yeah. It's not it. Still plagued by headaches and depression, Father Alt tells her to continue living a strict religious life to ward off whatever is causing her issues. I mean, maybe. Sure, give it a shot. Yeah. Things were better. Good even? Then, a severe depression struck her. Her college friends said she removed a picture of Christ and chucked her rosary across the room once and shattered a bottle of holy water. Oh, and she was studying uh, education and theology, so, yeah. Oh, that's a way to poke poke whatever's going on there. Or in, in an attempt to control it, maybe? Was that the goal? Well, it was just things that she was passionate about, I think. That's true. Yeah, I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, but like growing up, they would her family would go to mass two yeah, times a week sound, and everything. They sound pretty. I mean, even without that that info, they sounded pretty religious, especially with all the. I mean, they sounded pretty religious. So yeah, they're very religious. Um, so they're they're kind of like the two passions she had, you know. Um, so they had also noticed that she had begun walking strangely as if her knees couldn't bend. Once with Peter and another friend in the middle of a conversation, Annalise's face contorted into a horrifying grimace and her body went completely rigid in a sickening spasm. She she remained locked like that for a half hour. It's a long time. Yeah. Annalise sought help still and went to pray with Father Alt regularly. They began with the rosary, and after a few prayers one time, Annalisa stopped as if she could no longer continue. She suddenly erupted in a fit of screams while tears poured down her face. The priest tried to bless her as he had before, but to no avail. The priest then, in a silent mental prayer to himself, prayed the exorcism, exorcismus probavit, pro, Latin. He's yeah. did an ex- he did an exorcist prayer. Yes. <laughs> yep. 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 Got it. <laughs> yes. As he, 
As he did, you know, he did this in his head. As he did, though, Annalisa jumped up in terror as if ready to defend herself. She started screaming as she tore apart her rosary and assumed a terrifying posture. Peter, concerned for his girlfriend, came in from the other room and in an and in an altered, guttural voice, Annalisa screamed, Peter, get out. <laughs> What's up, babe? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, get out. All right, fine. He wasn't getting the hint before. That'll do no. it. And then who knows what, what reptile, demonic stance she's taking. He's like, oh, God. I didn't look like that before. Yeah. <laughs> Peter, get out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's horrifying. Yep. But yeah. <laughs> on it. I'm on it. Yep, on it. Good job. Good call. Yep. Annalisa lay in bed for days until her parents came and took her home. The girl was beginning to lose it. Father Alt being unavailable out of the area at one point, uh another priest came to check on Annalisa. He entered the Mikkel's household and a horrible stench of feces assaulted him then annalisa came running toward the man as if she was about to attack him and then suddenly she stopped about three feet away in a rigid posture and just screamed get out she would then run away and come sprinting back screaming all the while in a guttural voice get out she entered a rage breaking a rosary upon eyeing the priest's crucifix and upon eyeing the priest's crucifix, went into a rage and just started screaming, get out, get out, get out, get out, get out, over and over. That's not great, man. That's not great. Nope. For weeks she was in the house, hardly moving and hardly eating. Peter, the devoted boyfriend, came from school to visit, and the couple went for a walk. It was the first time she had left the house in weeks, like I said. When all of a sudden, Annalisa looked at her hands as, as if she had never seen them before. She hugged Peter excitedly, claiming, It's gone. I'm free. She returned to school and lived happily ever after. Until she didn't. Until she <laughs> didn't. <sighs> Weeks later, out shopping for groceries... Annalisa turned to Peter and said, I think it's starting up again. And almost as soon as she said that, she immediately went tense and could hardly walk. The normally 10-minute walk turned into over an hour of Peter trying to get her back to her room, and it kept getting worse. Annalisa stood rigid in front of her crucifix that was mounted on the wall. As she stared at it, her teeth ground so hard Peter thought she would break them. Then she growled like an animal and reached for the crucifix. As she did, her upper body bent backwards, preventing her hand from reaching the crucifix. She stood like this for an hour, reaching for the cross as her body wrenched back so that she could not touch it. That's horrifying. Yeah, real (laughs) not good stuff. Real less than perfect. Just the worst. Definitely counts as a bad thing to happen. I mean, yeah, that <laughs> that is terrifying. Yeah. Peter I don't know if you I don't, I don't know, know why you, you're still here. 
Yeah. Well, I like the fact that when after a while he shows up, he's like, "So how you been?" It's like fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go for let's go walk it off. Fine. And then it was good. Yeah. And for then it wasn't. Bit, and it wasn't. I don't know if you see. Me. I'm I'm looking at the. I don't like the fact that I can see behind me in my camera because I'm worried. I'm a little concerned now. Hmm. I'm feeling. I'm feeling a vibe wash over me. I'm. Just got a little too quiet, a little too calm in here. I'm like, I don't like this. Yeah. Well, Peter took her home the following morning, worried for her safety. At this point, the yep. at this point in the story, the bishop had authorized an exorcism. Because up until this point, Annalisa was under the impression that she was just being like harassed by these entities. Sure. She's, she's not under the impression that they're inside of her or anything outside of that. But with all of these things happening, uh, no longer any doubt that this was a case of possession. Uh, it was the possession of, yeah, Annalisa Mikkel. Father Alt and I wrote Father Renz. I don't remember if that's right or not. I think I had to go back and look that up. But we're going to roll with it for now. Father Alt and Father Renz were authorized to do the exorcism. So obviously Father Alt went on vacation. That's what I was worried about when you said before. He's unavailable. Yeah, I bet he was unavailable. (laughs) Well, so he he did consult a... um, his one travel of his, agent? How far away no. can I go? Okay. He, he consulted a priest that he looked uh, looked well upon, you know, respected him. And sure. he said, the other priest, you know, was like, you know, it's uh, it seems like things have calmed down for the time being. You had this trip planned. You should go through with it. You know, you're going to need your strength and everything when you come back. And he was like, oh, okay. Okay. So maybe calm down. All accounts of those in the home combine into a vision straight out of a horror movie. Things did not calm down. Oh, no. Not oh, even no. a little bit. Oh, God. It's almost like the, the, oh, my, the priest is gone? Okay. Yeah, I hope he's enjoying his vacation because it sucks here. <laughs> yeah. Because right now, Annalisa is screaming for hours on end she would scream out my jesus forgiveness and mercy over and over at the top of her lungs she would suddenly drop to her knees as in prayer over and over with an incredible speed until her knees were raw and bloody her incessant screams would sound endlessly until she would suddenly lapse into a completely catatonic like rigidity her legs and arms completely stiff only then would the screaming cease Sometimes she would lay inert like this for days straight. She also had inhuman strength, crushing an apple so effortlessly that chunks exploded across the room. Okay. Once, once she suddenly gripped her sister and tossed her across the room like she were a doll. Not good. That's not good either. Yeah, this is a tiny girl, too. I bet. Okay. Yeah. Uh when she tried to eat, she could not get anything solid down. She would press her face so hard into the floor that she would be unable to breathe, and then for a quick gasp of air, she would jerk her head up just to smash it back down into the floor. 
Her mother, trying to keep her from injuring herself, would try to put a pillow under her face, only for her to violently scream out, Let me do what I must. If you help, I'll be forced to do worse. She steps a few feet back. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Okay. Her Her body was so hot, she would roll in dust in the cellar, soak herself in icy water, stick her head in the toilet. She would strip off her clothes and run naked through the house. She would sleep alone in the attic at night. Sleep, I put in... Sleep. Sure. She yeah. mostly screamed. Sure, of course. They would that, find that her... Sleep, we're used to. Yeah. Yeah. They would find her in the attic eating flies and spiders. She would try to bite through coal. She would even piss on the kitchen floor and lick it up. Great. Peter and her family were constantly attacked. Peter was bitten so viciously that he had to wear long sleeves at all times, even though when this is all happening, it's August. Um, uh, she all of a sudden started trying to show affection towards him, pulling him in for kisses. So he's like, now? He's like, he's like, he's like, are you sure? But Peter, the kind of guy Peter is, he's like, are you sure? Peter! <laughs> she was no. just eating spiders. Yeah, man. She was trying to bite your arms a day ago. Yeah, things are different now. We're making up. Peter, it's not. Stop it, man. He's still hanging uh, on there, though. He's still like, come on, what's going on? Yeah. Religious iconography was destroyed and desecrated. Peace that w- Priests that would arrive to the home would lay their hands on her to try to, you know, give a blessing. And she would scream at them, take your paws off me. They burn like fire. Flies would plague the home from out of nowhere and then disappear. Shadow an- shadowy animals scurried about and the whole household was witness to Sha- this. Shadowy animals. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, one day, Father Redovic came to the household and found Annalise uh, asleep on the f- kitchen floor in some sort of hi- hypnotic state. He kind of looked her over and didn't feel like she looked unhealthy necessarily, but, you know, was he was apprised of the situation. He knew, like, sure. eh, something's wrong here. Yeah, he's like, this isn't, this isn't, again, this is not good stuff. Yeah, so then Joseph leads her in, and he's got her by the hands because she's always trying to hit people. Um, but she, you know, looked healthy enough. She didn't look emaciated. And he asked her, what is your name? And she answered in an altered, very low voice. She said, Judas. Judas. Yeah. Oh, shit. You heard of him, right? Oh, yeah, I'm, from, I'm familiar. Yeah, he's from that story with the guy. Yeah, yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, so he began to speak with her, and her kind of tense muscles all of a sudden relaxed, and then all of a sudden it seemed like Annalisa was there and recognized a priest, and then had a conversation together. 
That's good. And then he brought up the question of exorcism. And suddenly the cramps started up again. And he asked the family to take her back to the kitchen. And that was it. She is certainly possessed. And then, oh, and then Annalisa came back out and slapped him. Because why not? Of course. Good slap. Why not? Right. Mm-hmm. Why not? Okay, so going back to Annalisa all of a sudden trying to kiss people and stuff like that. Yes. There's... Judas is known for possessing people. And he... He prevents them from swallowing the host at mass, which is what some of the like solid food would be. And there's also a thing with Judas. Uh, he does, it's from the Bible. I think he kisses Jesus on the cheek to reveal who, like to uh, the people that are coming to crucify him. Yes, I think that is a thing. Mm-hmm. So, That's... all that, and the priests are convinced now that Judas is in this girl. Sure. But it doesn't stop Bad. there. Why would it? Why would it? Why would it stop? With Judas, it never stops. Good job, Judas. So, the exorcism begins on the 24th of September, 1975. Uh, it begins with the prayers and the sprinkling of holy water and everything. Annalisa is being shaken by the holy water, or she reacts most violently to the holy water. Um, she's aware of everything that's going on, but she's being held down by the three men so she doesn't hurt herself because she's ri- writhing around. She's kicking at the priest uh, who... Father Renz, that's who I mentioned earlier. Um, yeah. He's the one conducting the the exorcism. And she's lashing out at everyone around her. So, like, Peter, um, her father, and I think the other priest are holding her down. And as holy water is sprinkling on her, she's she's screaming. She's screaming like a dog. Repeatedly, she says, stop with that shit, or you're, you shit guy. You dirty sow. Put away that shit. Bold. Yeah. She doesn't say much, but she's cursing every time she pretty much says anything and lashing out. Um, so they end the, the prayer, and afterwards she, Annalisa says, you should have continued. Um when she seemed like herself. So apparently she thought things were starting to work, but they didn't. So the, the exorcism continues. Um, it goes on for days. Uh, They keep breaking it up in days. You know, they'll do it for a few hours. They'll come back. Sure. Um, he's a, the, beasts or whatever is inside of her are always using pretty old uh, obscenities like arsehole shit 
sow carcass uh and then when the priest is saying prayers or at, trying to speak with her uh it just says ah shut up or i'll poison you yet uh and a lot of this is done in Latin because the priests at the time mostly do things in Latin. Okay. Nice. So she's responding in Latin. So like when the priest is saying some of these things, the she's responding, you with your shit words, save your trouble. Not even a sow believes that. And then when it says something else, it's like, she responds, not true. It doesn't even say that there. And then at some point, uh, it says, go on, babble all day. I'm not leaving. Jeez, and man. yeah, continuing on. No, no, no. She belongs to me. Get out of here, you carcass. No, she belongs to me, to me. And if this isn't scary enough, I have audio. Great. Glad yeah. they recorded this. Cool. Oh, yeah, because they recorded all of these exorcisms. I couldn't find the whole thing, but I found oh enough my. of it. Oh, my God. Holy shit. So, need- here, be- before we check out some of this, let me finish up my, my thought on these things before we... This, yeah, let me use this marker to draw like a pentagram on my chest so I can't be possessed right now. Sometimes the the demon, uh, almost as in a, you know, a jest. Well, it was a jest. The demon would have a flash of humor, and <clears throat> when the priests would refer to a martyr who shed his blood, you know, for for the religion or whatever, the demon would answer that was also one of those blockheads and then yeah and then it's at one point the voices seem to be talking to each other as if two of them are are talking inside of her one says shit I'm not leaving I'm staying and then there's a furious scream then there's a hasty whisper Let's leave together. No. Come on, let's go. No. Then you leave. No, I won't. Yes, you will too. No. And then a triumphant, we're not getting out. We'll stick together. Oh my God. So now, who is the second one? Okay, so then the second one to say his name said, no, you are not to say my name. No, not my name. And then he screamed. Then came Lucifer. And later Nero came and said, I am the third of this confederacy. The demons often parried the prayers of the priest and would just tell him to shut up or keep your mouth shut, you dirty sow. I love that sow. This is a go-to. Yeah, right? fucking sow so let's take a break here and uh okay scare the shit out of ourselves great cool yep well 
for a second, I was like, oh, he's just going to keep reading from the book. All right. That's, I thought at first I thought, oh, like, oh no. Yeah, we're coming. Fuck. Good. Things that will yep. not be able to unhear. Things that will be with me for my All existence. Right. All right. I have one hour and a half long one that has no subtitles, but then I have a 10 minute one that is translated into English. They're both terrifying. So okay, it's going to be the English one. Sure. Okay. Well, how do you feel about that? Feel real, real, not the best. Warm and fuzzy? Not perfect. Real warm. Why don't that could you, just be the, uh, the adrenaline. Yeah. Yeah, why don't you describe kind of what we just heard? Uh, well, what we heard was priests, a priest asking a thousand questions to a demon... Judas, and then eventually he becomes Nero, and they're just basically asking him about his thoughts and what he has to say, and he likes to growl, doesn't like to talk about heaven, that talk about like embryos. A, did that sound like a 22 or 23-year-old girl? Um, it, No. No, it sounds like a monster that could be <laughs> residing inside of a 22-year-old girl. Yeah, very, I mean... Very guttural, scratchy. Just growling. Deep. Yeah, just when it's just a steady stream of growls, as the uh, you know the priest might have been might as well have been asking, "What you have for dinner today?" And then the demon ends up giving all these uh, thoughts on how he feels about the Dutch bishops and how they're loyal to the Pope. He's just getting all his thoughts. He's just sharing the world with the priests because he just I mean, wants to talk and chatter. It's pretty terrifying when the voice from her says, "I am Nero." Yeah, it's like, "Oh, are you now?" Okay, yeah. continue. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then just the random growls out of nowhere. You think it's quiet? Of course it's not. And the growls like don't stop. It's just like constantly like a rawr. Yeah, it's always yeah, it's bubbling. Just yeah, constant stream of just nice, nice, fun terror. Cool. Like yep. So, I mean, it's straight up the movie The Exorcist almost. Of course, I mean yes, exactly, and that's. Yep. And just to make sure I wasn't, you know, just listening to The Exorcist in German or something like that, I was like, oh, what year did what year did The Exorcist come out? Released yeah. in the States in 1973. Yes. In West Germany, it released in 1974. So right now we're taking place in August of 75. But it's just like, what the fuck? Right. We just listened to a horror movie, but that was real life. Of course we did. That was real life. That happened. Yeah. We will listen to the short version. Yeah. I'll put on the long version as I try to go to bed. Yeah. I mean, if you scroll through the YouTube stuff, there's a lot of jokes about that. It's like ASMR. Oh, this is perfect for sleeping, too. (laughs) 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 It's fucking horrifying. Oh, my God. Oh, great. Now I can see the... uh, now I can see with the book what her face looks like, and now I'm imagining that voice come out of that, that She's, poor girl. Yeah, she looks Holy nice. Fuck. She looks, she looks really young. Yeah, yeah. she does look young, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Cool job, Judas. Nice handiwork, and your bro Nero. Great. Everybody's in the party now. Yeah. Don't forget Lucifer's in there. Yeah, he's he's like the understood eye. He's always got his fingers in this bullshit. Yeah, so, I mean, if that's not scary enough, 
uh, those that are sitting next to Annalisa that are trying to like hold her down and is Pete there? Is Peter in the room? Peter's there. Oh fuck, man! He's like, it's all right. Um, You'll be fine. Yeah, but those next to her all of a sudden feel a weight bearing down on them, pulling their backs and making them stiff. Their arms are getting unbearably heavy as they touch her. Um, the family friend that's there tr- tried to touch her and then cried out that my hand, what can I do? I cannot move it. And she couldn't move her hands. So this time, this is another, because this continues on. It's like almost or twice a week they're conducting this exorcism ritual. Uh, one time, Father Renz brings five bottles of holy water. Okay. Only two of which are actually holy water. So he wants to see if this, you know, she faking this. So he sprinkles her with holy right. water. Vicious reaction. She screams, sprays her with the regular water, tap water. No reaction. Sprinkles her again with holy water. Screams, bloody murder. Sprinkles her with not holy water. No reaction. Sprinkles her with not holy water. No reaction. I mean... It's quite the sign. It's quite the telltale of a problem. Uh, Another test he did. He didn't tell anybody else in the room. Annalisa had no idea what this was or anything. During... As the exorcism is in progress, uh, she had been relatively quiet, you know, probably just growling in a horrific manner, but not speaking. Sure. Um, she suddenly looked at Father Renz with an expression of impertinence and provocation and said, I'm not going to say anything. And everybody in the room was kind of taken back because... It was strange because they hadn't asked her anything. So Father Renz had set it up with uh, the bishop that at 7 o'clock he would pray the exorcism over Annalisa from a different location. Okay. And that's when she reacted and said, I'm not going to say anything. (sighs) It's not good either. These are all bad signs. I mean, how much worse can it get? How much worse can it get? I wonder if I'll get to find out. Well, Father Renz, he had studied, he had done a missionary abroad in China. Okay. So he knows he knows a little bit of Chinese. He's a traveled something, man. Sure. Something Annalisa would not know. You no. know, she's studied Latin. She obviously speaks German. So he starts asking the demon. Questions in Chinese. A Mandarin, I believe. It didn't really say. But let's just assume Mandarin, because Chinese sure. isn't a language. Sure, um, yes. So the it screamed disrespectfully as always and said, I'm not telling you anything, you damn sow. He asked continues asking it 
in Chinese things, and it says, if you want to ask me something, ask it in German. Then add it underneath its breath, but I do understand it. And then he mocks by saying, shishia, shishia. Great. Yeah. Uh, so then he tries French and Dutch. And I don't understand what this meant. Maybe you can puzzle this out for me. Okay. What he said in Dutch was, is there anything in your family that has any relationship at all to the case and should not become public? The answer was plain as day. There is nothing like that. I feel like that's just translation issue. I'm not, I don't follow. So what did the, uh, the priest ask the question? Yeah. What was the question again? He said in Dutch, is there anything in your family that has any relationship at all to the case and should not become public? Okay. And then the... And then it responded, there is nothing like that. So I didn't know what that meant. There's not... If there's any... I I mean... There's anything he didn't want, any any secrets that he didn't, any, I don't know, any objects in the house that are connected that he didn't want revealed or something? Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, so Father Wren's conducting the prayers at one point. Uh, Annalisa covers her ears, and Father Wren says, why did you put your hands over your ears? And the demon says, because your prayer is so beautiful. Hilarious sassy. Yeah. <laughs> so sassy. And then when there would be a noise in the house, the priest would ask, are you making that noise? And he said, and it would say, yeah, who else do you think? And then he would ha- just utter a laugh, guttural laugh. <laughs> right? Is this not a fucking horror movie? Like <laughs> he's, just, he's just playing fucking games. Right, exactly. It is, absolutely. Yep. Again, another exorcism and bearing teeth and flashes of <laughs> hatred. The priest asks, how many of you are there? Really, only four, the demon responds back. And then they would give them the names of five. That's not good either. And then there were six. Of course there was. It's a party. So, So we have Judas, Nero, uh, Lucifer, Cain, Great. Big Hitler. Names. Oh, good. Hitler came out for this one. Isn't that fun? And the strangest of all was a priest by the name of Fleischmann. So this Fleischmann was a priest that had been banned from his position because he was abusive and a drunkard and all these things. But this was in the 1600s. Oh, boy. And I forget which which of the two priests doing the exorcism had discovered this, but they were the only one that knew it because it was from their, uh, their, pre, their uh, church. So that one caught them aback. Yeah, it sounds like a deep cut. It sounds like a very deep cut. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so at some point during all this, this it goes on for like four hours. And another priest comes to pick up one of the priests that are doing the exorcist, and he witnesses some of the shit that's going on in here. And he's immediately worried. He's like, won't the demons kill her? And Father Radovic replies, no, there's no record of that happening. They're allowed to torment, but they do not kill. So then the two go to leave, and... On an audio tape, like the one I played for you, but yes, you hear very loudly uh, Annalisa shriek out. That one says he doesn't want to go yet. And then there's unexpected lull. And Annalise gives answer in her normal voice. And the conversation goes on for about 10 minutes in her normal voice. And you can, in the audio, hear her family and Peter um, kind of moving about, but they keep to themselves, like, obviously confused and worried. Right. Well, you can't, you can't trust what's going on right now. You have no idea what's happening. Mm-hmm. So they keep going on and on. These we're in October now. So this has been months of exorcisms going That's a couple times a week. How excruciating. Mhm. They keep going and going. Uh being deceptive most likely as they tend to do. They offer some advice at some points. Or try to. Uh, weird, because it one of the demons don't they don't know which one, but a voice spoke from her and said that the priest should try to use anointing of the five sacred wounds more. And it's like, okay, well, that's to get you out. Why? Why are you suggesting that? Right. Just trying to play games, punk, trying to punk him somehow. Yeah. Maybe the demons know that wouldn't work on him for some reason, so that he just wants to show his dominance. I don't know. Yeah. I can't think like a demon. I'm trying though, which I shouldn't probably do. But. So, continuing on, more prayers. Uh, with a Latin prayer going, Annalisa emits an audible laugh, inhaling deeply as a swimmer would before diving, then exhales. She utters a brief shout, but is the young girl shouting, not a demon. Once more, she takes a deep breath, followed by a scream. We are not leaving, but get, again, it is the girl. So Latin prayer drones on. She tries a third time, producing a long, high shriek painfully tearing at her vo- tearing at her vocal cords and then she breaks out into a heart-rending sob high and tortured interrupted by screams that once more are hers not the demons she let cries out in a very high pitch as if in extreme pain then stops altogether then prayers continue 
uh, the priest, Father Renz, says, This evening you will stop. You will be cast out. As long as the demon... At last, the demon responds with a growled yes. Then he asks, Why are you tormenting Annalisa? Because it's fun. Because it's fun. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So... Going on, the the priest demands that you present yourselves and what you're, when doing so, you will greet the mother of God. What you have to say is Hail Mary, full of grace. No, screams a demonic voice. I command you to do it. No, in the name of the Holy Trinity of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, I command you. No, you dirty sow. This is followed by a series of shouts and growls. So, this goes on and on. Yeah, just days, weeks, months of this shit. It's just insane. It's just terrifying. It's not great. It's horrible. It's, um, poor Annalise. This is not great. There's probably like 25 demons inside of her by this point. My God. So, another time, he's continuing a prayer in Latin and... A scream renders out from the girl. And he says, which of you is that? Is that Cain? He, he is to announce himself if if he is there. Or is this Judas or Lucifer or Nero, Hitler, Fleischmann? Yes, very correct is the response. Fuck. Don't give him that many choices. <laughs> yes. The, f- the father continues through screams. Lucifer, your hour has come. Keep your mouth shut, you dirty sow, followed by a grating scream till silence again. You dirty sow. Mm Mm-hmm. So it continues until Halloween they decide to do an exorcism. Why not? Let's combine some energies here. Mhm. So let me find my pages on that. Oh, okay. So here. Uh so during that last one I was talking about, they they the demons said that the mother of God on the on the 29th they were ordered by the mother of God to say that they would have to leave on Friday, October 31st. Okay. So, so that's what comes next. And that's kind of where I got into a little bit of it already. Uh, when he's talking, when he's trying to get them to say who they are and everything, yeah. he says, uh, you agreed to leave the hour that you would leave. And... So, at some point, after many of the prayers, the demons lash out, we are going to stay. The priest asks, by whose permission? And the demons respond, the ladies. So, the priest begins praying again. As you do. And then he switches it up and he says, it must be very unpleasant for you to stay here. You should be glad to go out. 
And to that, the response is, but there it is much worse. That's not comforting. So, the prayers continue, when one demon suddenly announces right in the middle of a Latin prayer, I'll have to go. And then the priest says, Cain, slayer of your brother, Judas, Lucifer, Nero, Hitler, Fleischmann. And then a response is, let Hitler leave. I'm not going. They continued. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Bye, Hitler. And there's more screaming, more prayers going on. And then um, the priest starts commanding the demon to go back. And he asks, he says, the demon responds, I am damned because I, I administered my office so badly. The priest says, who are you, Judas? No. Here Father Alt comes in. Fleischman? Yes, I have to go now. Into hell? Yes. Father Renz. You know what you still have to say? Yes, followed by a string of screams. Once more, there's a horrible, guttural, retching sound. And the demon blurts out, Hail Mary, full of grace. That was a condition for them to be gone. Hitler, screams, come from the girl. In the name of the Holy Trinity of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, I command you to get out. The demon answers. With more screams, the priest says, Confess, why are you in hell? I order you. A huge vomiting scream because I killed so many and killed myself. And then fierce growling. And now I'm condemned. And then just more screams. The priest says, do you know what you have to say as a farewell? Takes several more tortured vomits, growls, and repeats, Hail Mary, full of grace. Progress. Who's the next one? Asks Father Renz in the name of the Holy Trinity. I am Cain. More screaming. I have slain my brother. In a painfully, a painful voice, it screams out, Hail Mary, full of grace. It is now Nero's turn. Yes, sir. Now it's my turn. I killed the Christians. I lived a lecherous life, followed by more growls. The priest says, greet the most holy virgin. It screams, no, 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 no. Uh, Then Nero says, no, I wouldn't like to do that. Um, But the priest is, you know, he's going now. He's going to get these guys. Yes, he's on a roll. There's a scream, and it says the Hail Mary. Now it's Judas. Judas Iscariot, are you there? Just more screaming. Uh, Confess to why you're in hell. I went to hell because I despaired. Because you betrayed the Savior? Yes, but I am not going out. And then the priest, you know, invokes the Holy Spirit and keeps going at it. Yes. Judas tries to get out of it. Where am I supposed to go? Into hell. No. That's where you belong. No. You deserve being there. You did want you did not want to serve the Lord. Judas resists or resists no longer and he says you know, praise the virgin Mary. And he's gone. 
One left. Lucifer. Oh, man. Last one to go. What do you think, think he Judas says? Is leave. I don't know what Lucifer says, but I think I was Judas. He he kind of helped start this, get this party going. I'm surprised he left before. But I guess it makes sense he'd leave before the big daddy. Yeah, Lucifer, so Lucifer, Lucifer say? says, I'm not leaving. And then he screams. And he calls somebody. Oh, does he scream, you're a sow? You dumb sow? Uh, not from what I can tell this time. Okay. All right. But then mind. the it's priest invokes the holy archangel Michael to fling holy Lucifer into the abyss a second time. Jesus Christ. Michael, I hope Michael's on speed dial. I hope he's paying attention. I hope he picks yeah. up. And then there's vomiting and screaming. And then the demon calls out, I am damned because I did not, I did not want to serve. I wanted to rule myself, although I was only a thing created. And then he says, I'm not going. He hails more for uh, Michael. And he says, you did not want to surrender to heaven. Now you have to go to hell. No, no, no. But then there's a Hail Mary full of grace. Then there's silence. And Annalise sighs. Ah, yeah. As if waking from a dream. People start comforting her. A sense of elation fills the room. People start surrounding her. It was 20 to 11. They all decided to sing the... uh, They sing a prayer song. Um, Perfect. So they start singing all together. They sing along to Mary and they begin. And then from the very depths of hell, a growl and a scream break in on them. And the demonic voice says, I have not gone out yet. Holy fuck. Plot twist. Then Father Renz, who is not out yet? And it just responds, I that's a bad answer. It's not a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> what? So the demons pull the fast one. Yeah, because they're fucking demons. This is fucking awful. Yeah. So he, the the priest is like, um, no, no, no. The, uh, the thing says you're gone now. <laughs> yeah. And... He's like, no, 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 like, here, I'm going to read it to you in Latin, see what you agreed to. And the, with a vicious growl, it just says, stop already with that shit. <laughs> so, yeah, they're done playing these fucking games. They were humoring him, like, yeah, we're not doing this. Wasn't that a fun game we played? You stupid sow. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it comes out that it, it claims to be Judas again. Yeah, he started this party, man. I figured it'd be quick for him to leave like that. Mm-hmm. So then more you know, time passes on. They're continuing to do this. And it just keeps following up with more insults, more insults. The priest's going back and forth. It's just insane. Um At some point, the 
the one of the priests holds up a picture of the Pope and Annalisa spits across the room and nails the picture where it would be difficult to do as anyone else. Right. That demonic precision. Never doubt it. So, guess what's going on while all this is happening? You'll never guess. It's mind-blowing to me. What? P- uh, what's Peter doing? What's Peter doing? What's Annalisa doing? She's still going to school. They leave the letter out of the house? Yeah. How does that even happen? How is it even possible? <sighs> How does she even function? I'm going to class today. Later I'm going to be a demon and have an exorcism performed on me. But now I'm just doing my book work. Yeah, well, it, I mean, it said that she wasn't very good at it. She could not focus on anything. But she's going to school still. And then she comes home and gets exercised. And How does this all make this, any sense? All of this violent behavior only happens during like the exorcisms and when priests are around. So and otherwise you're just like like catatonic and just out of it basically just like yeah like, like very out of da- it dazed not paying attention yeah. she, she does lash out occasionally like one time she hits peter um i think she threw like some holy water at one point well, why is peter yeah did peter he's like you need something is he trying to trick her are you thirsty he, he just passed her holy water sick of this shit you stupid sow like, oh my god Sorry, babe, I just had some water here. Didn't know it was holy. So ultimately, the exorcism failed, though. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a success. Sounds like a bad job. But it continues on. They continue trying. And at some... At different points in this, like I already said, um, she's, like, dropping to her knees so viciously and so quickly that... She's doing it like 600 times. She'll just stand there and drop down, drop down, drop down, drop down. And like, she's like shattering her knees and stuff. Yeah, they have to restrain her. They should, they should, I mean, not that you need to tie her down, but you need to restrain her and not let her go to fucking school. Then sometimes she would drop to her knees and then just stay there on her knees. They're bleeding and cracked open. Um, But at one point, she tells the priest that uh, July will bring her her uh, absolution. Well, that's nice to know. Mm-hmm. So, Peter is still communicating with her. I don't know. I mean, good for Peter. He's in it. Yeah, he's in it, man. He's all in. So he's picked up on that. Even though sometimes she's screaming and growling, her communication with her eyes seemed to be her. Which. It's a good sign. So she's in there, I guess. Um, yeah, bouncing around. Sometimes she would be moving around and cracking as if all her limbs would release from rigor simultaneously. I don't know how this girl is out in public. I mean, it's very... 
I mean, that's that's insane, guys. Like, what are we doing? There's priests involved. There's so many adults involved in the situation. And there's it's just like, yeah. But I mean, I guess if she's 22 or whatever, she's an adult too. So you just let her go to school. That's fine. Yeah, but she's traveling. She's mostly staying at home. But I guess things kind of let up at some point. She goes back to school and she's like staying in her dorm rooms. And then she scares the shit out of her roommates. Yeah, I bet. Oh, my God. Yeah, other people at night? Yeah. No. Stay home. They find her one time flat on her back in bed, her eyes closed, opening her mouth mechanically and swallowing as her sister feeds her. And her roommates are like, uh, what the hell is this? And she's like, nothing really. Annalisa is just a little off her rocker again. And they're like, we're going to gonna leave we might not they just take all their stuff we might not come back yeah and then but then her roommates try to get a doctor um makes i mean at this point if i saw somebody and this was happening like i'm gonna call a doctor for this person you don't get it it's a demon yeah well maybe i'm gonna call a different doctor than the one you've been working with before this started yeah so that ultimately adds up to nothing though and then during April, um, while in the dorm dormitories or whatever building she's living in, uh, in the middle of the night, she just starts to scream so loudly that her sister has to go for help and everybody's freaked out and they get, I mean, everybody's into it at this point, you know. You can't hide somebody screaming bloody murder and growling and sounding like fucking devil and not getting that. No, you can't. No, you really can't. Yeah, so people are starting to get freaked out. The priest shows up. Annalisa's just eating cake, drinking some chocolate drink. Seems like everything's fine. Don't trust that. Yeah. And then they find out that she had been for, she had been in bed for almost two weeks. Um, so they they decide to get her out of there, and she walks, she walks on her own. And then she tells the priest that came to help her that, um, or again she says that she'll only have to suffer till July, and then everything will be over. One time, Peter takes her for a walk, and he could. She sits down on a bench, and or at. They go to prayer. Okay. And then Smart. she gets she gets stuck. He tries to lift her off the bench, but she, he's so heavy he cannot pick her up. Demons aren't light. Evidently. Yeah, another time, uh, the similar thing happened, and multiple men had difficulty carrying her to a car. Oh, this is when Peter and Joseph are taking her home, because they're like, getting you out of here. Yeah, you have to go. This was a mistake. Back at home. Bad news. She would scream for hours. Of course. But then all of a sudden she would snap out of it and say, quickly, I can eat. 
And then she would eat as much as she could. And then go back, back into just back to mm-hmm. yeah, back to crazy town, back to being a prisoner in her own body by these demonic yep. entities. Yeah, demon, at some point she's just on the floor, like rotating in circles. She's twitchy all over the place. Perpetual motion is how they described it. Um, she had to be restrained during any of the exorcisms because she would lash out so violently. Yeah, I bet. Tyler's curled down. But she's getting so small. She needs food. Mm-hmm. She's in a bad way. Yep, she's still doing that knee kneeling up and down thing hundreds of times in a row. These new demons that are in her don't really speak. They won't they won't partake in the exorcism. Like I told you earlier, that's how they get drawn out is you have to speak to them. This time Yeah. These ones aren't doing it, whoever they are. Yeah, they're like, fuck, they're like, you guys, we let the B team in here. Like, like, Satan, like, Lucy, you let Hitler inside this girl, you fucking idiot. Yeah. He's good for nothing. What? And Fleischman, what kind of lower ring is this? Let's get the big guns in here. We'll Mm -hmm. just get in here and be quiet. We're going to camp out. This is ours now. So... Father Alt has a doctor friend, and Father Alt's he? growing. He's growing concerned about this. He, I would hope. I would hope he'd be very concerned. I mean, I think he's been concerned, but he's growing more concerned. So he asks his right his friend to. He sends some of the audio tapes over, like I sent you. Yes. And he gets how his doctor. Does that, yeah, how gets do you his, feel about this? He gets his doctor to start praying again. And then he comes to see it because he's worried about her. Father Alt brings him in because he's worried about the ceaselessness of her movement. He's worried she's just going to exhaust herself to death. Right. So he well, wanted to possibly bring in the doctor to tranquilize her if need be or to examine her to make sure you know, she's not in any real danger. Because like they said earlier, like, Demons don't kill people. They just terrify them and torture them. There's no evidence of that ever happening. Yeah, and like, I just wonder, like, the, the doctor hears these tapes and he's like, what are you guys doing over, what is happening over here? Mm-hmm. So, of course, uh, he would have to go check it out. The doctor comes and he says it looks, he notices that it looks like she's been worked over with fists. Um... Like, she's red and blue, black discoloration. At one point, he's quoted as saying, there are no injections against the devil. Oh, that's true. The new demons, even though it's more more, more of the same, you know, the screaming, the guttural stuff, uh, right. but they don't talk, and they freeze her body and have her just screaming in unearthly ways. And it's just horrifying. They they like try to describe it in the book that I was reading. And it's like 
trying to read sounds and you're like, well, this, it doesn't sound good no matter, like you're describing this and it's like, right. uh-uh. I don't like that. No. At one point she, she bites a hole through the wall. So all of her, a lot of her teeth end up chipped. Ah. She slams her head through a glass window. Oh my Jesus. And at this point, this is where things take a, a new twist with the priests. They don't think this is your typical possession. What do they think they, it is? They start thinking that it's a penance possession. She, something that Annalisa has to suffer through to atone for someone else's sins. Maybe someone in her family, possibly. Oh my God, that's fucked up. Yeah, because they do not, they cannot convince any of these demons to speak. And without the demons being able to speak, the exorcism, like I said, can't really take place. At some point, Annalisa is just screaming. And this is when it gets like reading, trying to read these noises. And then they're like, during the screams, you hear her at the height of a scream. Just say absolution, but in a similar intonation as the scream. And then it would continue on and on. And then again, in the screams, you you could hear, I can't go on. It's just fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah. It's a little, uh, it's a little overwhelming. Yeah, so July is approaching now, though. No success with the exorcisms. They keep trying. No luck. She keeps screaming for absolution, but they, they know now her penance should be over soon. She said July, and she would receive absolution. Uh, June 27th, Annalisa has a fever. She's administered a cold compress. They bring in another doctor just to check on her. Good idea. Then, <clears throat> June 30th, she, she, Annalisa suddenly says, please, absolution during the exorcism. Which I guess is a prayer, too. Um, I could be wrong on that. So, Got it. it's the end of June. They're doing a final exorcism. July, you know, begins in a few hours, and she'll be done. She had a 102-point-something degree fever. Oh. After the exorcism wraps up, Father Renz leaves. Uh, Peter leaves. Her mother stays for a while. At which point, Annalisa says, Mama, stay with me. I am afraid. Then Anna eventually went to bed, too. Annalisa started throwing herself around again, screaming. It was past midnight, so her father told her that he had commanded the demons to leave her alone in the name of the father. It was now the 1st of July, and the demons were obligated to go out of her. They were supposed to leave her alone henceforth so she could 
could recover her strength. Thereupon, Annalisa turned over on her right side and quietly went to sleep. She was quiet all night. At 8 o'clock, Anna called Joseph to tell him that Annalisa had died. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Uh, because she did not die of natural causes, there was an autopsy. They found her inner organs healthy, including her brain, which showed no damage that could have caused epileptic epileptic seizures, not even on the microscopic level. The fact that her pupils were unusually dilated and that the pathologist thought it curious that her body showed no decubitus, ulcers, bed sores, ulcerations of the skin, customarily found in patients who had starved to death. So outside of broken teeth and busted knees. Yeah, looks like a mess. She weighed only 68 pounds at the time of her death. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, this went to court. Because I would imagine, because they're like, 68 pounds, what the fuck's going on here, guys? Yeah, so it... uh. Yeah, they said it was, they were prosecuted for negligent homicide. Through which a lot of this went through a lot of crazy stuff in the trial. But we don't need to get into that because it's a crazy enough story as is. Right, well, just a lot of like, I just imagine it's a lot of like people removed from the situation being like, what were you doing? Right. Why did this happen? What? There's a demon in her. There's like five, we're talking to Judas. You were doing what to who? Yep. And they were found guilty of manslaughter, ultimately. Uh, But they didn't serve any time. They were sentenced to three years probation, I think it was. Oh, well, I don't know what that does. I guess just shouldn't have done that. But it's a weird, right? It's like, well. It's because there's a lot of weird stuff, like. A lot of really weird stuff. And, it, I mean, it was argued in court pretty... I bet. Viciously. Like, and then there was a lot... At some point, when, shouldn't she have been taken to a hospital? Was that, I'm sure that was brought up. There's a lot of things brought up. Like, the one doctor that said, maybe you should see a Jesuit, said he never said that. You know, he, he takes he takes a lot that of, back real quick. A he lot of the doctors that said any of these things that they said, um, they were all denied it in court. Even and the mother is just left dumbfounded because she's like, "No, you told us to do that. We were looking for help." You know, they're, they're just like, "Uh, uh-uh. yeah, yep." It's a really sad case. It's a really terrifying case. It's yeah, a it's bad re- time. Yeah, it's real. Yeah, I was hoping she was going to... I mean, I didn't know. I, of course, I was not aware of that story. I was hoping she was going to pull it out in the end, but nope. It did not happen. Nope. It doesn't happen. So that's... Uh, the. There's a pretty... A movie I like a lot that was based on this, and I didn't know how real it was 
until I started reading all this. And I was like, holy shit, like this stuff actually happened. Uh, yeah, mo- the ex- Exorcism of Emily Rose. Oh, that is it? There you go. Yep. <clears throat> Excellent. Ah, yep. oh, Christ. Yeah, you want to go listen to more of those YouTube videos? Yeah, that's how I'm going to... Yep. Yep. Just, that's how I'm going to lull myself to sleep. I'm going to listen to it in my car wherever I go somewhere. Just get really get pumped, get psyched up for doing stuff. Yeah. On the way to work, it's the only place I go. Let's play Exorcism clips. That'll be real good. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be terrifying. It's like, well, okay. Yeah. Yep. I mean, yeah, it's a lot to absorb. Yeah. It's a lot a to ride. take in there. It is a lot to take in. It's quite a ride. Again, I was hoping Annalise would get to not have that happen to her again, but in the right. end, it did her in. I mean, come on, guy. Like, just. At what when she gets like below like to like eighty six like the hospital time? Don't you want to take her to the hospital? Mm-hmm. Do we do we like that? You know what I mean? Like at that point, it's like well, let's see what happens here because what we're doing isn't working. We tried right. this, we tried that. At this point, she's malnourished. At least jack her full, of, you know, IVs and stuff to get her fluids up. Well, but and that's not... what the that was another thing that came up in court is because. They had offered or they had wanted to try to get her medical attention, but she kept denying it after no success in having any luck with it prior, like before. Right, so, I remember. Right. So yeah. that, then they were arguing that they, if she had accepted it, they would have gone against her wishes and, like, you know, force fed and all that kind of stuff. And, which maybe she would have lived, but. Right. Yeah, scary stuff. Yeah, not good. No. Fuck. Well, that was exorcism of Annalisa. Man. Mm-hmm. It's an upbeat, heartwarming story of a girl who has succumbed to Judas and other assorted demons, including Adolf Hitler, the demon. Yeah. Get Hitler out of here. Why was he brought up? He's like, yeah, sure. Come on in. Yeah, come on in. Bad team, Judas. You put together a bad team. Yeah, for real. I mean, and you'd think Satan, Lucifer would have had the pull to be like, not Hitler. Yeah, let's see. Let's Let him see. in. Yeah, like, like nah, pass. We can let's pull somebody up else out of here. We have to go. Isn't this a little obvious? Going with one of the most evil people on the earth. Isn't this obvious? Can we leave him? No. Okay. Well. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll balance him out with Fleischman. Oh, for fuck's sake, guys. Yep. He was a priest in a different life, I guess. Yep. Yep. Well, that that's one that I've been wanting to get into for a while. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a whole. I mean, again, it's a whole. It's a whole thing. I know, and I could keep rambling like about all the little dialogue and quips and shit in sure. there, and it's just like, it's like, man, these demons, sassy. 
the back and forth between the priest and the demons is a lot. Yeah. And there's hours of it. It was over 67 exorcisms were performed. Guys, like, what are we doing here? 67 hours. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, at some point, like, 67 hours, this is a long time. fucking sad yeah she weighed 68 pounds that's crazy yeah that's I mean it's real tiny alright we should probably wrap that up though yeah we really should so if you um, you have any thoughts about that you can email us at the weird and Fear podcast at gmail.com Instagram the Facebook we're all over the place come find us out hit us up in the uh Become a Patreon of the Patreon slash Weird and Feared. You can subscribe to tiers to what you're liking. Support the show in any way you can. Um, got some bonus content up there. Um, different comic pages. Uh, additional podcast episodes, which we record after we uh, finish recording these episodes. Behind the Veil. It's all there for you. You can find it. See what we're about. Come hit us up. Mm-hmm. And uh, stay spooky. Stay spooky. Thank mm-hmm. you.